Hello, I am Matthew. Oh my god, my name is Douglas. Hi, I'm Malavika. And you're listening to Go, Go International. International! On this show, we'll be interviewing our international friends. Find out more about their home countries and perceptions of Singapore. Since you can't travel physically, why not travel through their experiences? On Radio, Radio Pulse, the, the sound of NUS! Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Go International. Uh, we are very excited to um, invite our guest later on in the coming segment. He's from Sri Lanka and his name is Manusha. But before that, why don't we talk a little bit about what happened last week? Like, what are some things that you've learned from last week, guys? So last week we had Agima who was from Mongolia and we had a really good conversation with her about her country. And I think um, one of the questions that I asked her during the segment was about, you know, the foods of Mongolia and um, what, you know, what's different in the cuisine. And, and she mentioned her the superior quality of beef in Mongolia, as well as a couple of um, dishes. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm a big foodie and I would love to try that someday. What about you guys? Sorry, Mala, just curious, like, do you eat beef? I do, but yeah, I do eat beef, yeah. But not very, uh, not very um, frequently, yeah. Ah, I see. Okay, how about you then, Matthew? I think for me, it's how we know little so much of the country. So we automatically assume that it's kind of backward or that kind of thing. And when she said there's a city and she stays right near to the, she's very, she stays right near to a school and yet the transportation is hectic, I'm just like, wow, actually I never thought of Mongolia that way. I never thought of any like, I would say lesser known countries that way. We always think that they're more nomadic in nature so i think along the lines of you know it's kind of uh, an, an eye-opening experience for me lah, per se to, to know that you know there are still cities they are still bustling pretty much like singapore yeah douglas you she did, she did say that some of the older generation was still quite nomadic though yeah but majority of the population i think this in the city right in, a, in the capital city if i remember from what she said yeah which is interesting i guess yeah oh my god do you know what i found the most fun it's like when she said that they just bribed the police. Like so, so, so basically, like they were at a drinking party and the police like busted them for it because they were underage. And then, like they were all brought to the police station and they were like so scared. And eventually, one of their brothers came and just paid the police like fifty dollars, when she converted it to Singapore dollars. It's just fifty dollars to let everyone out. Like, wow! I find that so shocking and alien, you know, like compared to to Singapore. But I guess it's it's a pretty interesting system that they got going on there. But yeah, on, on like a like a little bit of a side note, right? Um, I find it so mind-boggling, right? That 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 they were they are so young, like like they are like fifteen or sixteen when they were drinking alcohol. Like, what was I doing when I was fifteen or sixteen? I, was, like, I, I think for me, I was in school and like I mean, we all were in school and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like alcohol. Who is she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's pretty cool, and and I think also the fact that she's only eighteen years old, and she's in university already. Like what? She's gonna graduate at the same age that that we started university. Right, actually, when which is won, like right? yeah. mind blowing. Wait, no, but she's in university for four years, so she'll graduate at twenty two. Oh yeah, she graduated. But I mean, yeah, people so like a year. Yeah. I mean, for oh, us guys, that NS, we came here at 21, 22. <laughs> yeah, and because I went to an international school, I'm actually one year younger than you guys as well. So I'm 19. Wow. 
Oh. You're year three as well, right? No, you're uh, year two. Yeah, I'm year two, yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How come, why, why does international school allow you to skip one year? So, basically, we start P1 when we're like six. Uh, yeah, five or six. So, because of that, we graduate. Um, oh, yeah, six. And so, we graduate like um, JC uh, when we're 18. And then we just join school, uh, uni, because our year ends in May. And then we join uni in August. So, we don't lose the Jan to August window. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's so interesting, actually. Because I, I realized, right, in speaking to other people on the show as well, like afterwards and, and, and all, like, a lot of them actually don't have this like big gap. It seems like a very Singaporean thing. Like I wonder why. What is the point of having that big gap? I think it's because the academic year is very strict from Jan to December. But then most other countries go from like India is like July to April, and then like I think um, America is like August to May and things like that. Summer so break. yeah. So, so they don't really lose that window from, like, that application here, basically. Yeah. yeah I get that. But if you think about it, right, we are the only... We basically shave off one year of the whole, of every single worker. Yeah. Which is such a huge... Or not every single worker, but every single university graduate who becomes a worker. Like, shave off one year or salary. Like, it's just... It's so insane. It's so costly. I, I don't understand why. But anyway, that's a little bit of a sidetrack. <laughs> I just find it so mind-boggling. But yeah, yeah. So this week, um, Malavika, why don't you tell us a little bit about who we invited? So um, the guest that's coming, joining us this week is called Manusha. And he's a year two student from NUS. And he actually came here from Sri Lanka, um, which is a country that's very close to India, but still something that that is very culturally different. And, you know, we had a guest, Shashank, from India. So I think Manusha's experiences will be very, very different from his. And I think I'm, yeah, very excited to hear from him. Is there anything that you guys are looking forward to in particular um, to hear from him? I, uh, I mean, I've actually been to Sri Lanka before. And it was a really, really nice experience. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Like, it, it, you can actually, I was actually quite surprised how cold the mountainous areas could be. So, so yeah, I wanted, I'm quite looking forward to talking to him about like some of the places that I've been to and maybe hearing it from the perspective of a local rather than as a tourist. Okay. Mm. I think for me, the only place I learned Sri Lanka from is our social studies lesson in secondary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those, those uh, the, the India-Sri Lanka conflict. So I would say I'm actually very open-minded to learn whatever there is from Sri Lanka because like, you know, I know so little about Sri Lanka. So is it very beautiful? Is it like, I think it's in, located in the Indian Ocean, right, Douglas? Have you been there? Um, yeah, it is. It is, right? In, 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 I, I think some parts can be beautiful and some parts can be less beautiful. But, but we can hear that from Manusha himself. I don't yeah. want to like, put my own opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's quite a steep range, I would say. Mm. But... Yeah, well, how do you know him actually, Malavika? So I met him through one of our, our mutual friends. So um, yeah, but we hung out a couple of times and now we're good friends. Yeah, so I'm excited to have him here. All right, sure. So without further ado, we shall take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because we'll be having our guest in the next section. See you all in a bit. Thank you. Bye. 
Okay, hi everyone, welcome back to segment two. With us here, we've got another special guest. His name is Manusha. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Manusha? Uh, sure. Uh, so hi everyone, I'm Manusha. Um, I'm a year two computer science major at NUS and I'm from Sri Lanka. Um, I've been here for like a year and a bit now, like in Singapore. Um, and before that, uh, I basically grew up in Sri Lanka, like my entire life. Yeah. So you're a year two student? Sorry, I didn't quite catch. You're a year one student. Yeah, I'm a year two. Yeah. Year two. Okay, cool. So, so why did you decide to come to, to Singapore of all places? Huh. Okay. Um, so, so the thing is, back in Sri Lanka, I went to an international school. So like, as far as just like going abroad, that was always kind of like a given, like my parents wanted me to leave the country. Um, Singapore kind of like NUS happened pretty much by accident. Um, I didn't really even want to apply because I hadn't heard particularly good things about NUS. Um, but then my mom made me. And, um, and after I got in, it's a little hard to refuse. Because um, on the scale of like expenses compared to like going to like America or Australia or like UK, it's quite a bit cheaper. And also NUS is quite well ranked and it is quite a good university. So like once you get it, like I couldn't argue with my parents and be like, yeah, I don't want to go. So yeah, that's how I ended up here. <laughs> okay, but why, did, why were they so persistent on you leaving Sri Lanka? Um... Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of a long story, but like, I think mostly cause my dad had a pretty bad experience with the local um, university system in Sri Lanka. Um, I think it works quite differently to the way it works. Actually, wait, no. So like we have public universities and then we have private universities, but um, the private universities are all like really new. And so if you, if you want to stay in Sri Lanka and go to a good college, you go to one of the public universities, but, oh no, am I lagging again? No, 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 no you're fine, you're fine. Okay. Um, cause, cause if it's really bad, I can just like switch to hotspot or something. Cause you can't no, have no. me lagging on this. One. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, but like, basically my dad was in one of the public colleges and, um, there was, there was just a lot of turmoil and like political conflict happening in Sri Lanka like back then and because of that like he he was so he's a lawyer and his degree was supposed to take like four years but I think it took him like six years um because like yeah because they would literally like you couldn't operate the university and like he he was like heavily disillusioned with the Sri Lankan like education system and he sent like both his kids to an international school after that yeah okay so you mentioned like that that you know there was a lot of, there's this system of universities and schools so um now that you've been in singapore for two years how would you compare like the educational systems in singapore and sri lanka is it is it about the same the workload the stress and or is it different okay that's a good question um i don't think i can be like fair in my comparison because i went from like school to university right so there's always that um, but like literally just like from my experience, life is a lot harder at NUS than like ever before, at like academically. Um, but I have had the fortune of um, doing this part-time job where I'm actually teaching a bunch of secondary school kids. 
And yeah, so like I get to experience what like school life in Singapore is like as well. And um, it's insane because I'm teaching them like Python programming. And when I was their age, I didn't even know what Python was. So like. <laughs> oh, wow. So basically, okay. But other than that, like, is it like the, 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 the public exam? So do you guys have like an exam? We have an exam in like the sixth grade, the 10th grade and the 12th grade. So do you guys have that sort of structure or is it very different? Oh, yeah, so if I'd, if I'd been through like the public education system, we actually have an exam like very similar to the PSLE called the scholarship exam. Oh, and then okay. we have O-levels and A-levels. But um, I didn't have to do like the scholarship exam because I was in an international school. But um, so my school did Cambridge O-levels and A-levels. So I think it's actually pretty similar to what the Singaporeans go through. But I think it's, I think I can say it's probably easier. Okay. Okay, so like as as you as you mentioned, like you know, you, it seems like Singapore is very stressful and everything. So was that your pre notion of Singapore before coming here as well, or is that like something that you discover along the way when you when you've been here for a year and a half? Um, I think I knew like heading in that um at least for NUS, I knew NUS was known for having quite a high workload. Um, actually, wait, I did know that even school in Singapore is quite stressful like I did have that notion because um I'd read Haresh Sharma's Off Center um and that discusses a lot about like mental health and like like just the pressure in Singapore in general so yeah I think I was actually quite aware okay actually this is a is a is a, is a trend that, that a lot of like our previous speakers said as well they always say that Singapore education is much much harder and and it's like literally every single person like there hasn't been anyone with this oh yeah it's easier than my home country like literally no one okay so it, it just perplexes me why there is a need for it to be so difficult if if like any no one else like has it as difficult you know but like uh, maybe that's for primary school and secondary school what, what about university do you find university here a lot harder in general um okay see again like I don't I don't know whether I'm making a fair comparison because I haven't been to university anywhere else except like in US, right? So I don't really have a frame of reference, but like objectively, like it, it is hard. Like I'm not like having a cakewalk here. So. Okay, cool. Well, what are some of your favorite foods in Sri Lanka then? Huh. Um, I think my favorite food would probably be like just um, kotu, yeah, I would say kotu. And I should probably describe what kotu is. So kotu is like, you can think of like roti, which you guys have here in Singapore. So you take roti and then you like chop it up into like pieces. And then you take a bunch of like vegetables that you like stir fry, I guess. And then you also take like a bunch of spices and you can also add like chicken, you can add cheese, and then you kind of just stir it in like a big pot. And that's kotu. Like it's street food, but like there's a lot, like it's not really street food anymore because like a lot of, like it's become more common, but it started out as street food. And it's just like chopped up roti with like vegetables and meat and like whatever you want. And it's delicious. Okay, that actually sounds pretty good. Like, like it, I wish they served that. Like you're making me so hungry now. That... <laughs> 
Yeah. Um. I mean, if another Sri Lankan saw this, they'd be quite surprised because like Sri Lankan food is like a whole other thing because we have like our rice and our like whole bunch of curries. And kottu is kind of like an exception because it's like based on like the, the rotis. Um, but like I, I never liked rice that much anyway, which is why like kottu is definitely my favorite food. Is it like a like a regional thing or like a national thing? Oh, which part um, of okay. actually even from? Oh, I'm from Colombo. So like the capital city, um, which is in the Western part of the country. Um, and that's kind of like Colombo is also like our biggest city and also like our financial capital. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, I'd say it's a, actually I'd say Kotu is kind of like a city thing. Cause again, it's a street food and the whole concept of street food doesn't exist. If there's no like city. Um, yeah, but like, I don't think like Kotu isn't a great example of like, it's a, it's, it's used quite often as like, oh, this is like a unique Sri Lankan food. But it's not a, it's like, you can't generalize it because like, if you, if I had to talk about Sri Lankan food in general, I'd have, like, it's mainly like rice and like a whole bunch of curries. Okay, so since Douglas is hungry and he'd like to try this, um, are there any Sri Lankan restaurants you've discovered in Singapore that, you know, kind of, you know, replicates the taste of that or no? Um, so Sri Lanka's like, there's not that many Sri Lankans in Singapore. Um, so it's really hard to find a place that will give you authentic Sri Lankan food. Um, there's this one place that you guys might have heard of. It's called Kotua, but they kind of do like Sri Lankan fusion, but they do have like authentic Kotu. Oh. Um, yeah, but there's two places besides that that I know of that serve authentic Sri Lankan food. And one of them is in Little India. And that's run, like, it's actually a Sri Lankan franchise and they have like one branch here. And the other place is this random place that I found on Instagram, which is basically just a Sri Lankan family running like a catering business out of their home. So it's very small scale, but like it's genuine home cooked Sri Lankan food. Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. Let's make Douglas even more hungry now. So, uh, <laughs> so Singapore food. How do you find it and what's your favorite? Hmm, I think easily my favorite food here is mala. Like by far, I have it all the time. Um, but other than that, I'd say I like laksa, bakute. Yeah, and kwetiao, I guess, but not that much. Like not as often. So where are your favorite like spots to eat? In Singapore? Yeah. Um... Okay, I don't really ever, I, I've literally never done this. I've never like gone out of my way to try Singaporean food, except this one time in the very beginning where I went all the way to Newton because I really wanted to try like a Michelin starred hawker meal. <laughs> um, right now, like my favorite place to eat is just whatever is closest, honestly. <laughs> so, Why do you go Newton? Newton is a tourist trap. <laughs> I mean, I was a tourist at that point. So <laughs> I'd, like, I'd been here for like a month. Thanks. <laughs> but it's like Singapore, do you think that Singapore is like really, really expensive, like including the food or, or, and whatnot? I think, like, I don't know. I don't think, yeah, I guess it is relatively because, okay, I think Sri Lankan food is really cheap, like in Sri Lanka. So I don't think it's fair for me to sit here and be like, but Singapore is so expensive. Like, I think like sometimes if you go to like a hawker center and you order a meal, I think the prices 
are kind of reasonable. Okay, so sort of building on Matthew's question of your perception of Singapore when you came here, um, when you came here first, was there anything that was very culturally distinct from Sri Lanka and something that you basically, like, say you got a culture shock from? Um, yeah, for sure, like, a lot of things. Mm, but I think, like, the easiest one and the biggest one was just, like, the public transport. It is okay. insane to me how reliable and convenient it is to get around in this country. Um, as in, like, because in Sri Lanka, the public transport, at least in Colombo, is pretty bad. And, like, if I go out with my friends, it's it's a given that, like, either we got to get, like, either we got to, like, split a cab or, like, someone has to have a car. But then here, like, you you can just take the bus or the MRT to literally anywhere. And it's super reliable and maybe not, like, convenient, but um, it's reliable and it's fast and it's affordable. So, yeah. Oh, so the public, public transport system is not as strong in Sri Lanka, you would say? It's not as strong and it's not as clean and it's oh, all right. Yeah. It's known for being super unreliable. Essentially, like I would almost never use it. Like barely <laughs> ever. Like Wait, it's, so it's like I, use it Does huh? anyone use it? As in, like, it's really cheap. So there's definitely people that use it. But um it's slow and it's yeah, like, yeah. But there's yeah, there, there, it is it like there is people that use it. Okay, maybe one last question before we end the segment. Okay, so just now we, before we started the show, I said that um, I knew little to none about Sri Lanka. So do you, if I were to go to Sri Lanka with this BTL thing, maybe the BTL thing would be good. I don't know. Uh, but where are some places would you recommend me to go? Hmm. I mean, I think it kind of depends on what you're into. If you are like a history buff and you like seeing like ruins and museums you should go to like the center of the country and this area called Anuradhapura if you're into the beach you should go to Gaul which is like the south of the country um and if you're just into like mountains and like mountain ranges waterfalls um like cold climate in general you should go to like the hilly area of the country which is called Nuarelia um I've been there. I've been there. It was super nice. Oh, you've been to Sri Lanka? Yeah, yeah. I went to Nuara earlier. Oh. And I went okay. to Kandy. I'm not sure if it's, I'm pronouncing it right, but it's, it's, it's spelled Kandy. Yeah, you actually are spot on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really beautiful place. Yeah, thanks. Um, oh, that's... Because, like, I, I expected y'all to... Like, it's very rare for me to meet someone here who's actually been to Sri Lanka. Or even have heard of the place, actually. Okay, cool. So... We've round up, we're going to round up um, segment two, but stay around for segment three. See you all in a bit. Okay, hi everyone, welcome back. So during our short break, Manisha was telling us um, a very interesting story about how, you know, life was like during... Okay, so for context, um, which uh, Sri Lanka did have a civil war um, when... I think Manisha was a kid and I think from our social studies um, textbooks, I, I remember correctly, it was between the Tamil Tigers and the like Sinhalese government or something. So, so Manisha, why don't you tell us a bit more about that, what that period was like? Um, yeah, so first of all, like I, it really, the war ended when I was like 
nine or eight. So I think I didn't have to like live through the brunt of it. But um, there are like stories that you hear while you're growing up. And like, even right now, like people are shocked when I say like, I grew up during a civil war because especially like for Singaporeans, like it's like, it's like out of this world. Um, yeah, so the story that I was telling you guys about was, um, so back when I was like in year four, so, or year three actually, I was like seven or eight. Um, and there was this construction project that was being opened um, right next to my school. And it was like a big deal, I think, because the president was supposed to like attend the ceremony. Um, and I remember like I went to school on that day and there was literally only like three people in my class and like most of the parents hadn't sent their kids. And I was quite confused. And I remember like going back home and like asking my parents like why, like what's up? Because I didn't get it. And then like they didn't want to tell me. And I think it was like my grandmother like spelled it out for me that like um they were afraid that there would be like a suicide bombing attack because the president would be in attendance and most of the parents were just genuinely afraid to send their kids to school. Um, and like, this was like, because suicide bombings were unfortunately common, especially during the ending phase of the war. Yeah. Oh man, I think you also tell us a bit about how two people didn't want to get on the same bus. Yeah, so this is kind of like a, anecdote and just like a thing that you've heard people say so um so okay so again like for context there was just a whole bunch of suicide bombing attacks during the end of the war and a lot of these were focused on like um places where there would be like big crowds of people because i think the the logic was that they were trying to pressure the government into signing like a ceasefire or whatever um and like there was a whole string of attacks that basically happened on like public buses Oh, and this is a thing for me even right now. Like if I see like a random bag, like even at an MRSP station, like there would be like alarms going off in my head because it was kind of drilled into us as kids. Because what would happen is someone would get on the bus and then they'd leave like a bag underneath. And then after a while, the bag would explode. Um, so yeah. So there was this story where like, um, if like two parents are going to work and they're both taking public transport and they're both taking the same bus, they wouldn't take the same bus and they would wait and one parent would get on the bus and the next parent would wait for the next bus. And the logic was that if there was an attack, one of them would be left alive for like the kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, that's wild. <laughs> I mean... I, I could... What, 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 were you scared as a child knowing that? Yeah. Oh, wait. I've actually heard a bomb go off. Um, I have a, like... Yeah, I actually have. Um, It was... This was at the very, very end um, because there was an attack on a like a place, like a mall, like really, really close to my house. Oh my, wait. Oh, this is, I, I should have just said this story. This is a lot more personal. So my parents were like out for work and they weren't back yet. And um, it was just me, my sister and my grandma in our house. And it was like a really stormy night. Like literally there was, there would be like thunder like all the time. And I remember this because like, I remember we were just like sitting together, like the three of us. And I remember we heard this really loud thunderbolt and we were like, okay, that, that was like uncharacteristically loud. And then like later we would find out, oh, that wasn't the thunderbolt, that was like a bomb. Um, yeah, and we would find out cause like my aunt who lives close by would call us. And the first thing, and I remember this, the first thing she asked us was, uh, is Amma and Tata, like are your parents home yet? And I remember I was genuinely scared for like, 
like 10 minutes because like we couldn't get through to Amma and Tata in the beginning because it was like if they were like on the way in the car and like the attack happened nearby they would be caught yeah like that that yeah that actually that I was scared like when they go to work and they come back like as in you're a kid so you don't think about it as much but like I'm sure for the adults it was a very stressful period of their lives Wow, that's like really interesting compared to Singapore, which is really, really yeah. peaceful, I would say. Compared Singapore to is like a beacon of stability. And like Sri Lanka's history is wild. Like not just like we've had insurgencies. We've had like hyperinflation. We've had it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so sort of switching to a lighter note, you mentioned that. <laughs> Um, your, you mentioned that both your parents are working. So in Singapore, it's pretty much, you know, it's like that. We, we have a very, like, a busy lifestyle. So, you know, Sri Lankans in general, is that your guys' lifestyle where both parents work and then things like that? Or, or do you guys have a more laid-back lifestyle? Or does it depend on, like, urban settlements and, like, you know, the rural areas are a different case? I think, yeah, definitely. Um, it depends on where you live and also like what industry you're in and like what kind of job you're doing. Um, but like, I, I would say my parents are pretty laid back with regards to their work. And I don't think that would be possible in a country like Singapore because I feel like everyone's a lot more intense about their work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you said that uh, you've... Uh, Gone through you like you you your childhood was literally like the civil war period, and I would say you grow up in a post-war period. So, how would you describe the post-war Sri Lanka experience for you? Has it been like more fun? I mean, definitely more fun. I mean, that that's definitely safer. But if you want to share, like, how was like growing in a post-war country? Hmm. Um. Okay. Wait. So, I think I should give some. So, like, when I tell these stories, these are like really shocking and intense, right? But like, it was only like in my teen years that I realized, like, I realized in hindsight, oh, wow, I actually went through this. Like, while it was happening, it was just like a, a like a fact uh, of life. Like, there's a war around. going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think post-war, I think things got a lot more stable. And like, I think one big thing I noticed was that like, uh, political messaging, especially like, surrounding elections it changed from just focusing on like the war and like military to fo focusing more on like okay the economy because like the economy was something we, we hadn't even thought about for like three decades because we had like a war going on hmm. but is it i think it's chill now like are you still yeah you okay i think especially yeah especially in my like um when i'm from like 13 to like 17 we had like kind of like a boom and I don't want to get into like the details and the geopolitics of it, but like we basically got really chummy with China and we started just like taking a bunch of loans and just like doing a bunch of stuff in general. And there was a lot of change. Like I remember like just in those four years, like Colombo, the city I'd grown up in my entire life, like it changed so much. There were so many new projects, hotels, uh, so much new money flowing in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, but but there's there's no more like animosity between the two groups, is there, or is there still like? Um, that's a very like 
charged question and like so i'm i'm singhali so i'm from the majority ethnic group and honestly like as far as sri lankans go i'm like i i'll admit i'm a pretty privileged sri lankan um even just in terms of like socio economic status so like i can say like oh yeah so like i like i used to be quite ignorant about these kind of things like i would be like i don't get it like i have tamil friends in my high school like we're fine like i don't even know whether they're tamil sometimes until they tell me um but then that's for me right um there's there's i'm like there's people in sri lanka like tamil people probably even right now that face discrimination because simply because of their race um and and not it's not just tamils like it's it's kind of xenophobic the way like racism the root of racism in sri lanka is xenophobic and because of that it's kind of like it's because like the other races are sometimes seen as just like immigrants and it's seen that the sinhalese race is like the the main race and like you like everyone else has to like cater to them or whatever and um it's not just tamils like even a lot of muslims in sri lanka will face discrimination um but i i can say that it's definitely getting better um but it it is like a fact of life for some people and i'm not i'm definitely not the person that should be speaking about it so yeah okay so uh again sort of switching out of the war context um so um you know sri lanka is presented as a very amazing tourist destination and all the picturesque um images and stuff so for someone who wants to travel to sri lanka what advice would you give them in general hmm i think don't go with like a tour guide or a company like sri lanka is built for backpacking just like the the diversity of experiences you can have is crazy like like this there's so much going on in colombo like in the city and then it's literally just like a half an hour ride to this like so gaul was like the dutch i think capital back when we were colonized by the dutch so there's like there's literally like this massive town that is inside a fort called gaul fort and like it's really nice and you can make take like amazing pictures for instagram in there and then there's also like all the beaches in the south and you can go surfing and then from that you could take like a 3 hour ride or like even shorter if you take the train to the like center of the country which is like where kandy and nuwarelia is and that like the climate changes drastically and suddenly you're in like this like forested cold area um yeah so just like keep an open mind and um just explore honestly wow that sounds so interesting so do you guys have a lot of would you say it's more um sort of like the countryside and naturey or is it more like urban settlements right now in sri lanka or is there like a a perfect balance between the two there is i would say there's a balance like the cities like the cities are all very like the cities are the cities and then like as soon as you leave the city it it's just like cuz it so especially like the tourist spots like you wouldn't go to nuwarelia and be like oh this place is rural be- like because of the tourist economy like it is also somewhat of like a town or at least a town but honestly kind of a city at this point but because like because the like economic growth stems from tourism like the the natural beauty doesn't get tarnished like we kind of depend on it okay yeah so maybe on 
okay, like, as you say, like, you know, it's very beautiful in Sri Lanka and I, it sounds like I really want to go there now. So, like, <laughs> how does, how does, okay, so maybe um, on your personal experience, how has Singapore been in terms of, like, the things that you see, the things that you feel, and how does it feel like relocating? I would say very far away from family, but still a pretty decent amount. Yeah. How was your personal experience on that? Hmm. Okay. So for me, right, I'd never lived outside of Sri Lanka. I'd never lived away from my parents. So like last year, I moved to a whole new country. I started living alone for the first time. Um, I made the jump from like high school to university. Um, and I did all that like in the middle of an actual global pandemic. So there was like a lot of change for me. Um, and like, it's hard for me to be like, oh, it's like this that I attribute to Singapore. Like, I, so I don't like, I honestly don't think I felt homesick till like last summer, which is like almost a year since I got here. Um, and um, yeah, so, but like, I think a lot of that is because I was just enjoying living away from like my parents and from home. And I don't know how much of that credit goes to Singapore. Um, but I found Singapore to be a pretty welcoming place and especially like the community that I found at NUS. Um, and I feel like I, okay. So at least for me personally, I don't really need to have experiences in common to like connect with people. And because of that, I think I had quite an easy time connecting with, um, a lot of the people I met here. Um, and also I found that like a lot of like internationals like a lot of the other international students like no matter what country they're from they could have like in their home country had like wildly different experiences from me but then the fact that like we're all in Singapore together now and we're like adapting to this country like that is what I bonded with like that is what I bonded over like with most of my friends I don't know whether I answered your question but you did you did Douglas <laughs> you're mute <laughs> Sorry, I was muted the whole time. <laughs> well, yeah, so it, it, I was just running. You said that you had a community to, to always like back you up, right? Are you staying in hall or somewhere? Uh, I'm not. I'm living outside right now. But yeah. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, um, we're almost at the end already. But usually the final question that we always ask is the very famous question. Have you tried durians? Oh, no. I... I um, so... I've been to Singapore before and my parents tried to get me to try it. And I, I, I'm not kidding. I literally almost puked. Why? Is like, it really that I, bad? It's <laughs> so bad. I cannot. Like, I'm very open to new experiences and new food. But durian is just a no-go. Like, I will never eat that. So you tried it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I haven't. Okay, so I haven't tried it. But I tried to try it. And I legit almost puked. Is it the smell? Because the smell, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I cannot I cannot stand the smell. But I know people that yeah. I know people that like the smell and I'm like, what is no. wrong with you? I like the smell. No, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. The thing is that, that you have to get over the, the smell. This is like the final hurdle, okay? You just get over the smell and you put it in your mouth and it tastes heavenly. Does it? Though like is it worth it? There's a lot of other food that tastes great. And you don't have to put up with anything to eat it. It's, it's honestly fine. Like, really, really, like, you get used to it after a while. It, it's an appliance. <laughs> okay. Maybe you start low with the desserts first. The durian ice cream, the durian desserts. If you can get past you that, know, right? Even that, 
like I remember this one time I was getting dinner and like this other friend was didn't want to eat what we were eating so she went and got like this durian dessert and it was so bad like we made her sit like a distance away from us cuz like it was <laughs> Do you think you were ever <laughs> This is a real story like we were at Star Vista and like we were eating pasta and she was eating some dessert and we were like you can sit on that step like over there not here <laughs> <laughs> So I I I think it means that you'll never ever try durian at all I don't know I mean I've done a lot of things that I thought I never would so I might try it one day but like right now like in the near future probably not <laughs> <laughs> Okay I'm sorry man <laughs> No worries. Well, that concludes our final um, episode for this semester. That's so sad, right? I, I didn't even realize that until the start of this like um, thing. But yes, this is our final um, uh, call, our, our final um, show for the last for the semester. And I'll really, really miss having it with, with you guys, Mala and, and, and Matthew. And of course, with, with you too, Manusha, and, and all the previous yeah, guests. Yeah, honor to be your final guest. Yeah, it's been it's been great. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um and it's really special. Yeah, cuz like Douglas said it's the last episode. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I'll see you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.